everybody and welcome back to another edition of the open forum podcast today we have with us scott nugent scott is uh, a trans uh, male uh, who transitions oh i want to say i think around seven years ago if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. yeah uh and he is also an activist uh with uh, trevoices.org and this is an organization that is looking at if i'm saying it right um the prevention almost of childhood transitioning and to give more information as to why that isn't the best idea to put it mildly and uh scott also has a, a bit of a backstory around his uh transitioning and his journey as well so look scott two minutes from me or 20 seconds from me why don't you take it away give us a little bit of a background into who you are and uh what brought you on this journey that you're on today sure um tree voices is i i call it a, a single note org which means that i have one single um one single mission, which is stop the childhood uh, medical transition worldwide. It's not for kids, uh, so so it's a single note is is what it is. And and there's some many many reasons to that. Um, I did transition about seven years ago, and and uh, through the process of being a parent at the age that they're pushing kids to do this, just being in a perspective of of having done this. Uh, running an organization, dealing with a lot of older transgender people like myself, um, who, unfortunately, a lot of them feel the way that I do, even some more severe than I do, some less. Uh, but but very rarely do I meet a transgender person that's over 35 years old that is medically transitioned, that is for children medically transitioned, unless they're like you know Dr. Marcy Bowers who makes a living off of it. But other than that. Um, there's, it's hard for me to find somebody that is like, yep, I'm totally for it. And and there's reasons for it. And it's not being bigotry or, or transphobic. There's some reasons why it's just not for kids. So. Yeah. Um, before we do go, uh, down that pathway into children, into medically transitioning, can you maybe give us a bit of a background into what brought you down this path into advocating to stop childhood transitions? with your own history with this yeah i am um, i medically transitioned of course you don't realize it when you're doing it but um i medically transitioned due to like internalized home phobia is is really what it comes down to and as far as we have come with accepting homosexuality we have not come far enough and <laughs> there are other sides to accepting uh homosexuality too much it doesn't i mean doesn't need to be in our school systems. Nobody needs to talk about it. It's, you know, we've gone from one side to the other uh, without truly accepting the homosexual community. Now we've gone over to the side where we've got, you know, the unicorn farts and the glitter bombs in schools, which I don't understand why anybody can't connect the fact that we're talking about sexuality and and children should not be in the conversation at all. Um, I don't know. I don't know how we got there. But um, for, for me, it was it was internalized homophobia. I was uh, in love with, uh, uh, and she was desperately in love with me, a, uh, a Catholic over the top, uh, religious person who could not accept their sexuality. And, and for me, I had never dated a man. So I had always had internalized homophobia, but it was just one thing after another where, you know, oh my God, you get up and check the doors just like a man does, or you do this, or you do that. And I never looked like a man. I was never butch. Um, 
but my personality has always been kind of in your face, you know, very alpha. And so over, over time, I kind of started to think, well, God, you know, maybe I am, maybe, maybe I am uh, born in the wrong body. And then, you know, at a, at a vulnerable place, uh, you know, being a, a businesswoman and 42 years old, I was kind of a ball busting businesswoman. I was not by any means, I've never been um, quiet. And, you know, going to the first therapy session with the transgender woman, because I felt, you know, comfortable with it. And during that conversation, she said to me, you know, how long have you been dressing like a man? And I remember looking at myself and I, in a very vulnerable place. And I mean, I had, I had slacks on, I had, I, I never dressed butch at work. I mean, I wasn't overtly feminine, but I still had makeup on and earrings and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and at that vulnerable place, I remember, and it's embarrassing to say this, but, you know, I remember look, kind of looking down and then looking up and going, I mean, just being completely mortified that I had gotten 42 years of my life and I was not told that I was born in the wrong body. And I felt embarrassed. I was like, oh, my God. I remember looking up going, I guess all my life. And, you know, just doing and then, you know, going to a, a gynecologist that wanted me to have a surgery and said something like, um, you know, you, you got your jawline or something. It's, it's, you know, have you ever been tested for unisex? Oh, we don't have to do that. And, you know, at a very vulnerable place where for me, uh, being who I was being uh, a lesbian, being the fact that I, I never really fit in anywhere. I was, you know, an overtly feminine, very <laughs> dominant woman. I mean, I've always, I come from a family that's dripping femininity and, you know, models and stuff like that. So I had to do that. I went to finishing school twice because I failed the first time. And, you know, so I knew how to act how everybody said or look, but the internalized of who I was, was always very aggressive. And it was like, you know, anybody tries to challenge me, oh, motherfucker, I'm going to tear you up now. And that was me my whole life. Um, so that process kind of goes in your brain a little bit. And you're kind of like, God, this, this, this fits, this, this fits. And um, so, you know, for me, it was internalized homophobia. Now, we do know with studies that 67% of, of the kids, the girls that were medically transitioning would grow up to be, uh, you know, lesbians and 43% and of, of the males would grow up to be gay. So this is modernized, you know, homophobia. So I would, and, and, and here's what I say. If 50% of people that medically transitioned, even 51 said unequivocally on the other side, man, this has made my life so much easier. I wouldn't be as much of an advocate. I wouldn't. But there's not very many of those people that come to the end of it and say, wow, that really made my life so much better. And the reason why we don't hear that is the process that it takes to medically transition is anywhere from five to seven years. So it's a big process. You want it to be correct here at the beginning. And then as the time goes by, every step, you know, when I start taking uh, testosterone, I'll feel better. Nope, don't feel better. But I still need top surgery. When I get top surgery, I'm going to feel better. Nope. When people stop mispronouncing me, you know, I'll feel better. And, the, and, the, and it goes down to the end. And then at that end mark, where it's supposed to be this life-saving thing, um, a lot of people, not, and it does help some people. I 
don't think it's life-saving. I think that that's a bit dramatic. I do think it helps some people walk through life a little bit easier. Uh, but at the end of it, if you get down to the end of it and you go, what well, didn't fix fucking thing? It's kind of embarrassing, right? So you kind of, uh, you kind of internalize that and you kind of um, swallow that. And, and I did that for a while before I started uh, in, in, in activism. Okay. Now, the, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. The internalized homophobia, the gender affirming almost immediately with your first session with your transgender <laughs> therapist. There's also the possibility of a medical professional taking advantage of the fact that she obviously sees that you're vulnerable, she or he. Um, uh, and then there's also the statistics you gave of the uh, people who, if they don't transition, they would have grown up to be gay or lesbian and the usage of pronouns. But before we go there, one of the other big things um, that happened to you during your transition is it didn't go swimmingly from the off um, can you maybe talk to us a little bit there because one of the things that I've heard you say a lot and it's something that I didn't know and uh, I was speaking to a doctor recently who also wasn't aware of this now given that they're uh, not in plastics or anything they're a cardiologist so mm-hmm. what they would know yeah, would be anyone's guess really but the fact that these operations uh, for transitioning are experimental. All of them, except for top surgery. Everything is. Puberty blockers, hormones. Um, the only thing that's not is top surgery. All bottom surgery is. Um, uh, cross-sex hormones, we don't have studies on those long-term. Those are, are experimental. Puberty blockers are the experimental of experimental, although we're seeing... Uh, we're seeing kids that that take these have early onset osteoporosis. They have mental, uh, their brain development is, I mean, the shit that's coming out about puberty blockers, it absolutely flabbergasts me that we don't have parents rioting, seriously, with like pitchforks and like fires, like throwing them in. I mean, parents are going to be so fucking pissed off when they figure out they're going to be so mad. But um, I don't, I don't what's know happening. if parents will realize because of the fact that they think they're doing a favor for their child. Um, It's better. One of the things that they're told is it's better to have a trans child than a dead child as horrible as bullshit. Yeah. Bullshit. But but then the parents will automatically think that, you know, if the doctor's recommending this, the person in the white coat, it must be safe. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to let the kids do this. I'm going to let the doctor give my child this. So they probably don't even put two and two together that their they child don't. has. Have you ever, have you ever, um, have you studied what happened with Oxycontin? How Oxycontin came out with basically because it, it was delayed. Um, there was delayed release of it, that it, it was not uh, addictive. And then when it started to throw, uh, you know, addictive signs for patients, then Oxycontin said, well, you just got to give them more. Mm. And, and so they started giving them more and more and more um, until they finally realized that, oh, shit, this is actually worse than heroin. And we had this, you know, epidemic, you know, Lupron, which was was sued. Um, it's the most, you know, scandalous medical thing in history. Well, what people don't know is that Lupron, who's the developer of, of puberty blockers, was sued after these guys and they were deemed a criminal enterprise 
in 2003. They were forced to pay $874 million for false advertising and, um, and bribery. This is a company that's saying, yep, it's, uh, we're good to go. It's, uh, it's, it's good to go. And the, the truth is this, is that they haven't done studies. They don't want to do studies because as, as soon as they do studies, there is no doctor in the world that will sign on puberty blockers saying that this is safe. No doctor will. And they know that. So we have parents that are being told that their children are going to commit suicide when, in fact, the truth is the only long term study that was ever done on medically transitioned adults, which was from 1973 to 2003. You can't make this shit up. Highest suicidal ideation is seven to 10 years after. Remember I told you that process where you get to the end of it and you go, well, that didn't fix the fucking thing. That's when you're most suicidal. So these children that have suicidal ideation that were, were dosing them with experimental, um, you know, experimental <laughs> doses of cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, that's causing osteoporosis, calling brain development. You know, there's a documentary in Sweden where, you know, backs aren't fusing together and there's 15 year olds that are walking like this that are not going to live. I mean, when I say that parents are going to have pitchforks and, and fire walking down the street, you know, throwing shit into uh, medical offices, that's going to happen when, when people figure out what's going on. And then we have the gay community that is not standing up and going, hey, wait a second, this is modern conversion therapy. So what we're all doing is we're all think that we're loving these kids. But what we're doing is we're taking kids that don't fit. Um, we're removing the time frame where they get a thick skin of learning how to, to work in society. We're telling some that something's wrong with them, then we can fix them. And then seven to 10 years later, when it doesn't work, we say, oops, sorry. And then we have the other side that's lifting them up as D-trans. And then they realize they can't D-trans. And this is a whole you know, portion of our society that is fucked because nobody wants to stand up and say, this is cosmetic surgery. It does help some people. It's experimental. Um, but this is by no means for children. No. And again, want to get to that, but I don't think people realize, as we said, it's all experimental, but I don't think people realize what the potential side effects are of the surgery when it does go wrong. Now it doesn't go wrong for everybody. Oh, course. are you talking about the, the bottom surgery or are you talking about uh, hormones? Cause that's a whole different thing. We can go there. Your too. bottom surgery. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there are three different types, right? There's more than three. Or you, uh, so for three. female to male. Yeah, there's, well, there's actually four. Okay. Um, there's, there's phallioplasty, there's, um, there's centurion, um, there's God, something else. I don't know. But um, I, I had a centurion before that I had, and then I had a, a phallioplasty. A phallioplasty is the one that is the, I think it should be legal. I don't think that it should be legal in any part of the world anywhere. Um, no decent surgeon will do it because there's a 67% complication rate. They're just not going to do it. And we're not talking about complications like, ooh, um, you have an extra, you know, infection. I, I'll get infections for the rest of my life until the antibiotics don't work anymore. And then, the, then it'll kill me. Um, you know, you have, you have uh, infections, you have urinary tracts. A lot of people have urinary tract infections for life. A lot of people have, um, I mean, I, it induced a pulmonary embolism and a stress heart attack. I have a, I have a, a handicapped arm. I've got, you know, I had a ligament coming out through it. Um, I had an infection. I had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra because the dumb shit used the wrong side of the skin. 
Um, so, I mean, if you think about if you think about like an ingrown hair on your face, have you ever had one of those? Yeah. Think yeah. of that on the inside of your urethra, just growing and changing and and pain for seventeen months. So, so here's the kicker with it. Here's the real kicker: is I had eight attorneys in Texas talk to me at the beginning of my case. All of them were really excited about taking my case, flat out medical malpractice. After they studied and came back to me, usually about two weeks later, we can't take your case. And finally, towards the end of one, I said, why, are, why is nobody taking my case? Everybody seems to think I'm you know, this wonderful thing, and now I can't. And they say, well, here's the thing. That procedure is experimental. We're in the state of Texas. The state of Texas uh, has, a, has a tort form act, which means this. Um, if you bring a medical malpractice case, um, you have to have a baseline at which to compare the treatment that you got to what treatment you should have gotten. If that's not there, then the attorneys have to create that baseline, which costs millions of dollars. And then they have to say, hey, we hired all the doctors and scientists and all that kind of stuff. Here's the baseline. Here's what they did to Scott. So see, it didn't fall. Um, and nobody wants to take that on because it's it's millions of dollars to take that on. On top of everybody thinks that uh, you're transphobic and you've got the unicorn farts and the glitter moms attacking you. If, if you're, you know, nobody wants to take it. <laughs> it's not worth it. So you have you know, like my surgeon who had nine medical malpractice cases in California, uh, in San Francisco, and moved from there to Texas, where they have a tort reform act, which last year, our governor took uh, $2.4 million from gender clinics. Our governor, who's an evangelical, who's against homosexuals, took another $250,000 check four days before bills were on the floor that would stop the medicalization of children. And he told everybody that we should love everybody and kick those off. And then six months later, when he saw me <laughs> nipping in on his fucking heels, he comes out and says, oh, you know what? Medical transition is is child abuse. Well, dipshit, it was child abuse when you took two point four million dollars. And what you just said, everybody that thinks you're a hero for saying that all your evangelicals don't know that you stopped this many kids from getting that surgery. But the only thing you did was you get to point back on that and go. Hey, look, I said that I was it. Everybody knows it's going to everybody knows that this is not going to last. Everybody's just trying to make as much money as possible. Um, so <laughs> people have no clue, no clue how deep this is. None, none. It's baffling to think that through a loophole, this experimental procedure can just be dished out almost without any life repercussions. Saving. Yeah, life saving. And, and, and exactly, and called life saving for people. Now, mm -hmm. you were forty one years old, right? When when you made the decision, forty one. Yeah. yeah, you're a fully grown adult when you came to making that decision, and I think that's a hell of a different position than a teenager or even in some instances, a prepubescent child being given the decision, the decision being put in their hands to transition sometimes. Now, can you talk to us as to why that can be so dangerous? You've already mentioned the usage of hormone blockers can cause early onset osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. These things have also been associated with um, decreased growth for hearts and lungs and decreased brain development 
uh, also psychosis, basically mood disorders and psychosis on on the females. Um, it, it, it actually makes mental health worse. People don't realize that either. And those are all studies. Those are all studies that nobody nobody talks about. On my website, there's the the 10, um, 10 top complications of, of medical transitioning children. And it's some pretty harsh stuff. It's pretty harsh stuff. We have 24-year-olds that have early onset osteoporosis. We have trans men that are having heart attacks at 25. We've got you know, trans men that are having uh, pulmonary embolism. And the thing is, is that I'm not against medical transitioning. What I'm against is having it be a a child's decision, number one. Number two, um, feeding people that want to do it unicorn farts and glitter bombs and not telling them the truth. And if that makes me transphobic, I'm transphobic. That's fine. But but we are medically transitioning um, a generation of, of gay and lesbians, unfortunately. And, and if you really want to put something in your pipe and smoke it, uh, there's two parts of society that is that is fighting uh, the medicalization of children hard. Uh, the first are feminists, which they're okay with homosexuals, of course, uh, but evangelicals. So for the first time in history, we have the evangelical side of our community that is fighting for gay and lesbians. Um, and they don't really know that, but I'm so thankful that they are. So that's a big help actually. Cause that's, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that is an unexpected one, but. And you know what, if with every evangelical that I've talked to every Christian that I've talked to that I've told that to, they are perfectly aware of what they're doing. And they're okay with it. I mean, this whole idea that we have to separate, we have to draw these lines in the sand and say that you're a Christian um, and that means you're the devil and that you're a homosexual and that means you're a devil and you're a feminist. So that means you're a devil. The, the truth is that there's no human being on the face of the earth that agrees with another human being 100%. We have got to start adulting better. And what that means is I have to be able to sit across from an evangelical who's one of my good friends, Michael Brown, and say that, Michael, I think that you're fucked about homosexuality. And he says, well, I think you're wrong about this. And then we go, okay, let's move on. How's that wrong? Being a grown up. It's called adulting better, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, instead, we have lines in the sand that says that uh, because I'm gay, I cannot talk to you. And feminists going, because you transition, I cannot talk to you. And then, you know, we go over here to conservatives and go, I cannot talk to you because you're a liberal and you like guns. Wait a second. I don't. And the fact is, is that if we all got into a room together, every person that you think that you hate, you would figure out that, hey, you know what? They have some things that make them think the way that they do. And I kind of understand it now because I understand them. There's not as much hate and, and separation. It's our society that does that. But to stop the medicalization of children, we got it. We have to adult better. I think most everybody can agree that doing something for the well-being and the welfare of children goes above all else. Yeah. That your political ideations or religious beliefs or your doesn't uh, matter sexual uh, preferences. None of that matters. Doesn't matter above the well-being, the welfare of, of children. And it's almost baffling that there are so many people that are promoting the medical uh, transitioning of children who probably do not understand. They don't get it. They don't understand. What it actually is. What it it is that's being done to a child Mm -hmm. at the base level at the chemical level within their brain like you said with the psychosis within their physiological makeup the things that are occurring there 
and and this is it like you said you're you're not against transitioning Mm-mm. it's the simple fact of don't do it to kids there's a big difference and tell people the truth tell people the truth and hold and make and do studies on this stuff and listen to the hard stuff and know the hard stuff and have somebody understand that it doesn't change gender it's a modified version it's an illusion it's plastic surgery i mean until we have women that just got boob jobs that are running down the street naked trying to convince everybody that the boobs that they got during surgery were their real boobs that's what's happened and you know, if you put that in perspective, it's kind of idiotic, right? But somehow, you know, somehow um, delusional, mentally ill people, and I transitioned, I'm not the, you know, I'm not the poster child for mental health, I'll say that, but at least I know reality. We have people that are crazy motherfuckers that we have news people with mics going, oh, a woman is what a woman is. That's amazing. Because nobody wants to stand up and go, yep, sorry, I, that's a unicorn fart. That's foul, unicorn fart. Um, nobody wants to say anything. I mean, in our school, we've got drag shows, which is like, a drag show is a very sexual, it's a, it's, Especially burlesque. It, it's an adult thing. It's, you know, it's fun as hell to go to. I used to, I love going to drag shows. It's not for kids. And why I, if I was a straight man, a straight woman or whatever, would have a problem with that makes me homophobic is fucked. You know, I, I don't understand why we can't connect those dots that, oh, how about this? You start talking to my kid about sexuality in school, I'll be on the five o'clock news and I'm a lesbian trans man. I'll, I'll flip the fuck out. Nobody has the right to talk to my kids about sexuality. Nobody has the right to talk to my kids about transgender. Nobody has the right to talk to my kids about religion. Those are off the books. Religion is separated from school. So should homosexuality. So should transgenderism. Don't talk about this stuff to children in schools. It's wrong. It's not homophobic. It's wrong. Kids aren't supposed to be having sex anyway. So why are we talking to them about sex in school? Why in your country do you have mermaids that's handing out packets to five-year-olds saying, if you feel this way, you might be transgender and coming over trying to do the same thing? Why the fuck? Who benefits from that? I'm still trying to work that one out myself. Well, here's the thing. If nothing else changed, if the same amount of kids medically transitioned today do for the next 20 years and 20 years, 18 to 22% of the population will be transgender and in need of cross-sex hormones for life. I don't care if your government pays for it or not. Somebody has to supply it. Lupron's making the money $1.3 million over a lifetime for kids. And that doesn't include any kind of complications. And trust me, there are a lot. The other thing there next to the amount of money and all the cross-sex hormones is it's also a generation that are sterile right true true very true that's that's the other thing that people don't realize like like you mentioned there are those people that uh do detransition and the detransitioning isn't a complete 360 reversal that's another thing. Finish. That's another thing. We have a, a portion of society that wants everybody want everybody's right and fighting. You know, the transgender side wants to right fight and go. And all they do is lift up the people that transition really well. See, you can't tell. They pass. And that seems to be the, the you know, that's the, whoo, they pass. Hmm. And then you have over here, 
they're lifting up the detransitioners and go, oh, they pass. And in the middle, they don't care about these people. So these people medically transitioned, vulnerable, medically transitioned, went over this side, realized it didn't help anything. And now they're getting lifted up by another community saying you can detrans. And then what happens when the lights go off with detrans people? Then you have detrans people. Then you have girls, you know, that sound like boys, that look like boys, that use prone. There's no amount of estrogen that's going to take off. Testosterone adds estrogen blocks. So for the rest of their life, do they have to tell everybody, yeah, um, I'm actually a woman. At, at what point are we going to do what's right for that person and saying, hey, you know what? Here's the reality. You, you were on hormones for 24 months. These are the things that are not going to change. If you detransition, here's the things that can change. Now, you make that decision. There is no good answer to this. Once you medically, hormones are permanent, period, end of story. I mean, if I, I, I stopped taking testosterone for about 18 months. I didn't turn, I didn't start looking like a female again, you know? So at some point you have to go, well, it is what it is. So I get people going, why don't you detrans? I go, I haven't taken testosterone for 18 months. How do I look? Do I look female still? Are there There's any? a reality, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong. Um, it's probably, this is pure ignorance on my part, but uh, I would never have expected you to revert back to looking like a female or whatever, but the stopping of testosterone, it's had virtually no effect. None. Wow. I actually, I couldn't take it uh, while I was sick because I couldn't work. I, I couldn't afford it. Um, I couldn't get to the doctor. I could barely go to work. Um, so I stopped it for about 18 months. I had to have a full hysterectomy. I have to be on uh, cross or I have to be on hormones for the rest of my, my life, either E or T. You choose. Jeez. You know, I've, I've removed everything. So when you do that, I'm, you know, even though, even if I wanted to be trans, I would still be given the pharm pharmaceuticals, you know, money for, for estrogen. For one or the other. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we're unicorn farting the detransitioners too. And here's what I don't think a lot of people know. I mean, even Abigail Schreier and I, I remember we had a conversation about the people that we are concerned with the most detransitioners. Because they've been fed a lie and then they're fed another lie. And they're, they're never going to be who they are instead of just sitting down and going, listen, you took cross-sex hormones for uh, two years. You're never, ever going to look and sound fully like a woman again. So here's your options. What's best for you? Instead of lifting that person as some kind of right fighter. Look, see, I was right. See, they passed. They detrans good. Or look, they transitioned to the other sex. Look, the other sex. Da, da, da. What about the middle? What about the person? What about the person? This is the other thing, right? It feels like there is a manipulation of vulnerable people and bingo setting them into these groups, whether it's the pro-transing group, whether it's the detransitioning group, whatever it is, so that they can... At the end of the day, we're all human. We all want to fit in. We all want to find a place that that for us is cozy. When we're at school, like you said, there there's a period in school where we have to develop thick skin. I was bullied at school, and it helped me create a much thicker skin. Exactly. Um, and and I know a lot of people who have the same story, and some who don't have um, good stories at the end of bullying. But it it is one of those things. Developing that thick skin. Now, 
you also find during that development the place where you fit in, the place where you yep. find your people. And it might not be people in the same school as you. In this day and age, people are going to find chat rooms or whatever. But it seems like more and more people are finding chat rooms that tell them because they like a certain color, that's not generally a boy color or a girl color. That must mean they're trans. And then they're slowly getting sucked into this group of people that do put a blanket around them and tell them that it's okay. It's okay. You're okay. You, and they're telling, they're basically telling people that we have a prescription for, for you not fitting in, you know, some of the, the, I've had conversations with a lot of, a lot of D trans people. And the reason why I think that they reach out to me is because I do not judge. You know, I have this thing that I do with all of them and believe me, I've talked to a lot of them and who say that they want to transition back or they want to detransition and they want to transition back. And there's very few therapists out there to, to help them. I tried to guide them to a uh, wonderful therapist, uh, you know, like Inspired Teen or GenSpec, uh, that kind of stuff that, that actually talk to people um, and, and, and try to figure out what's right for the person and, and, and then adulting better, right? Because it's much easier to say, hey, yeah, D-trans, everything's going to be okay because that means that, that the section of the community that I belong to is right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to support you here. I'm going to support you here. Um, but if you decide to transition back, then I'm going to drop you. I'm going to hate you on the way. Instead of just going, listen, listen, sweetie, you've taken hormones for two years. Who you were, who you were going to be is never going to be the same. So you transitioning back without going through a process of really figuring out what's happening to you. Take six months and every day, right on the calendar. Today, I would transition back. Today, I would not transition back. Today, and write a little sentence, why? In six months, you'll figure out where you're supposed to be. Now, that six months is uncomfortable, but at the end of it, you're going to come to a, come to a decision that's going to be a decision that you're, you're, you're likely to, to, um, to live with. Now, I didn't do that at 41. I sure in the hell wish I would have found the therapist to do that, that would have kind of, you know, dug a little bit deeper. Like, this is, this is a little bit deeper here. Okay, wait a second. So uh, you're in love with a, a Catholic woman whose family is, is homophobic. Uh, do you think that might have something to do with it? I don't know. Maybe it would. You know, did you think that maybe, you know, her denying her homosexual, you know, her lesbianism is uh, and thinking that you're a man makes her think that she's not gay? Yeah, maybe it does. I mean, is, is that isn't that loving somebody? I mean, we're at a, we're at a place in society where instant affirmation on everything is is where it comes from. I mean, I've got I got teenage kids. You know, I listen to them all the time on their calls and and I've got nieces and nephews and this and that. And it seems like they're all obsessed with am I trans, am I bisexual, am I asexual, am I this, and am I that. And I just walk by and go, well, you guys aren't having sex with anybody, so you're nothing. Right now, you're a kid. What the hell are you talking about this shit for? You know, because what you think you are, and when it gets down to it, when you're 20 years old, getting it on, you might go, yeah, I thought it was, it wasn't. Um, but right now, it doesn't matter. Who cares? You know? Absolutely. And I think I think they're lucky to have someone like yourself in the picture who can help guide it and provide uh, a non-judgmental view on it because everyone around them will be providing that judgment as to whether or not they fit in in the trans community and they're going to be accepted yeah. by those people, their friends that say that they're trans because it's 
the hip thing at the moment it's the in vogue thing at the moment and it's the place where people are finding acceptance and and for them to have someone around them who can give both the good and the bad who can you know what i say to parents who who say that they they have kids that have transgender kids i always tell them you know what don't make it such a big deal don't make it a black or white thing well uh dad mom i'm transgender okay um what do you want for dinner and listen uh, medical transition does help some people not going to say it doesn't um it's it's not a lot but we need to do our homework on that we need to figure out the goods and the bads and you need to write down the goods and the bads and if you can't find any bads about medical transition it means you're not mature enough because there's always bads and goods to every decision uh so we'll do that for the next couple of years we'll sit down write the goods and the bads and then uh it's not my decision it's your decision this is a huge thing i'm not gonna you know tell you who to marry or what career to go into or i'm not going to tell you you know to to transition genders, whatever, uh, but I can sure guide you and let's do the homework now. Okay. And if they come and not bring any negatives, go, well, that shows me that you're not ready to make this decision. There's no negatives because there's always negatives. And then, you know, having them go through that and just going, wow, I didn't know that this is, you know, experimental. I didn't know this is that, but we have parents that are like, oh, you're transgender. Okay. Let's go to the gender clinic. And then we have the gender clinic that's making all this money off of everything. And they're going, yep, you're trans. And the parents are going, oh, they're trans instead of just going, okay, well, great. Uh, mom, dad, I'm bisexual. Great. You know what my dad said when I, when I told him I was a lesbian, he was perfect. Perfect. My dad was like a, a huge male, 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 Irish male, alpha male, kind of. alpha male, male, male. And, uh, I think it was 19. I was like, I sort of was crying. Dad, I think I'm a lesbian. My dad goes, no shit, Kelly. What are you gonna you tell me something you don't think I know? I mean, I don't know why anybody's attracted to men. They're disgusting. Of course you're attracted to women. Who wouldn't be? I'm actually, I'm actually surprised there are women that are attracted to men. That that's weird. And that was it. Beautiful. And I was like, okay. And then, you know, I, I would go through the process that a lot of gay people go through. I'd, I'd come in and go, Dad, I think I'm bisexual. Make a dinner. Well, that's good. It means you got a better chance of a date on Saturday night. You know. Your odds go up. Why are we making such a big deal out of things that people can figure out on their own? Nobody needs to be pushed anywhere. You need to love somebody with acceptance and let them find who they are. But it's not parents' jobs. So what, when my dad did that, what is that? That was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm a, I guess I'm a lesbian. And then, and then I, I made this big announcement, dad, I'm bisexual. All right, well, that's good. You got a better chance of a date on Saturday night. And I started, I started laughing. I go, I never thought about it like that, dad. Yeah, men are disgusting though, but go for it. Jeez, that's wonderful. If more people were like that, we wouldn't need to have the conversation of even coming out. It would just be par for the course. Oh, well, you have your my thing, dad was great. Yeah, and I had a hard time. Beautiful. I had a hard time being gay. And and I don't, everybody has different things. And, and he used to go with like lesbian parties with me, like lesbian pool parties. Cause I was, you know, I was like 19. He'd go, he'd talk to all the lesbians. He loved the girls, loved them. until about a year later, I was like, dad, I really don't want you to come to any more uh, lesbian pool parties with me. And he'd be like, oh, what about Sarah? Sarah and Terry broke up. I want, I don't know if she's going to be okay. You know, and, and that, that was my dad. He was like, you know, he used to drive in my truck that had like a gay sticker on it. 
And uh, one time, one time uh, he was getting flirted with some guy. He didn't even know he was getting flirted with. He's going to wash my truck. And this guy was like, hello and stuff like that. My sister said, you know, they're doing that because you got a gay Kelly's got a gay sticker on her truck and they think you're a gay man. And he goes, oh, so now, he, you know, anytime any guys would be like, hello, boys. I mean, why are we all so fucked up about this stuff? I mean, I just don't get it. I wish more people was like my dad. With that said, then. You're now a few years past the point. You also had a, a, some issues with your transitioning. You've also had some time to reflect as well. Would you make the same decision? No. No, I wouldn't have transitioned at all. No, no, no. There's so many medical complications with it. If I could snap my fingers, I'd go back uh, to that Kelly and I would say, you know what? You are an alpha female. You're a badass. Um, go with that. And, and be okay with that. But I made a decision. And finally, <laughs> I made a, a grown up decision, which is, you know, basically, I've done this, it's an acceptance place. Um, I'm going to do whatever I need to do for my health. And whether that is taking estrogen or taking testosterone, it's really nobody's business what I'm doing, what I'm not doing. But for me, I'm not I don't feel like I'm a transgender man. I don't feel like I'm a woman. I just feel like I'm a human being. You know, at this point, I'm just a human being that loves the shit out of my kids. That's who I am. Okay. How long did it take you to realize that that was how you felt? Because like you say, that this is a long journey that someone yes, goes through. This isn't something that's done over the course of a couple months, a couple surgeries, Bob's your uncle and you're done. This is, this is a proper long-term plan that you have to go through. And you also help a lot of people through this as well, through your organization as well. Mm -hmm. How long did it take for you to come to where you are now and your level of acceptance? I'm still not, I'm still not done. I don't think we're any, we're done growing, right? We're not done growing at all. Um, medical transition has, um, has made me dig deep for lots of things. And it's made me realize things that I probably never would have realized if I didn't medically transition that I am grateful for. I do understand um, where men come from a little bit more, understanding that you know when you, when you swap hormones, it does change the way you think. And, and being included in, in things that I wasn't included in uh, with males that, you know, didn't know that I was transgender and listening to things and, and understanding from, from a different point of view. I mean, I, I think that the one thing that really messed me up was the time when I realized that who I hated before I transitioned was who I would have been if I was born male. And that really opened me up to being able to love and understand other people. And what I mean by that is um, when people know that you're gay, you, you're, you're not able to, to be in certain circumstances. When people think or thought that I was a, a straight man, I got to be in circles that I was not included with before. And I realized that if my circumstances were different, if I was born into a certain kind of family, if I was born into a religious family or male or this and that, that the people that I hated, I would have been a straight, white, Christian, evangelical. I mean, I would have been horrible homophobic. It's just who I am, like a black and white 
like a black and white thing. And so being born lesbian has made me realize that, hey, you know what? Homosexuality is ingrained. It is who it is. It is who you are. We need to accept it, you know, but it's nothing to promote. It's nothing to talk to about kids. And so when you realize who you are is just a product of where you were born, who were you born to, and the experiences that you have, along with the genetic makeup of your uh, mental health and all that kind of stuff, is who you are. If I went in there and rearranged it, you would be a completely different person. So for me, I'm able now to, te- to speak with people that I thought I used to hate. Um, and that has been, that has been um, an experience I wouldn't change for that. that. That has kind of been a, oh, you know, and, and it's, it's brought in a human side to all people. There are very few evil people in the world, psychopaths. There are some, but most people are, we're just trying to, we're just trying to muddle along with life. We're just trying to love our kids and we're trying to, you know, just figure out life. Um, there's not as many differences as we think they are, you know. Okay. What you said earlier about getting people with all these different thoughts and beliefs all in the same room, I think we'd find that we have a lot more things that we agree on than we disagree on, for sure. Yep. Coming back to something that you said way earlier on in the podcast and also loops back into what you've just said there now, the idea of transitioning, and again, I can't emphasize this enough, for some people, it is the thing that they need, absolutely. I do believe it helps some people. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I've met people that feel so much better afterwards. And that is a beautiful thing. Absolutely. But what you said there about the internalized homophobia, how big an element do you think that is? Because in a way it, it feels like you're getting a lot of people who otherwise would have grown up to be a homosexual or a lesbian and you're just flipping them around so that they are quote unquote straight straight mm-hmm. but 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 just for the sake of transitioning them people who would have otherwise grown up to be okay because again from the studies there's um 80 and I, I think 84 percent was another study in canada of people who suffer from gender dysphoria during their teenage years will settle down if given uh, therapy with the sort of wait and watch kind of approach would settle down in their um normal biological gender uh, and would grow up to be a, a gay or lesbian what have you but it feels like we're getting rid of those people in a way uh, correct me if i'm wrong if i'm saying something absolutely stupid please no 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 i no i don't i don't think you're saying anything stupid um i i, I have friends um that i often say who believe completely different than I do about homosexuality and about religion. I'm, you know, I'm not a Christian. Um, but, you know, I always say that, that we need each other. We need each other because when one part of that society goes away, the other one goes to the extreme. I mean, we're seeing it with, with the gay community right now, right? We are completely out of line. The gay community right now is completely, totally, utterly out of line. They're, they're more, uh, concerned with fetish flags, with, uh, you know, having who want, likes to have sex this way, that way, this way, that way, and making sure that, um, you know, it's, it's like a recruiting thing we have right now with, with gay and everybody's so scared of the unicorn farts and the glitter bombs, kind of like how it was about 30 years ago with the evangelicals, right? 
Hmm. Woo! There's a connection there. Woo! What happened with the evangelicals? Finally, the shit rose to the top, and then they lost all power. Evangelicals have absolutely no power. As soon as they say anything homosexual, gone. They can't say anything, even if they're right about something, about, about transitioning. Now we have the uh, gay and lesbian community that has too much power, and the shit is rising to the top. We have, uh, you know, your Stonewall, your Stonewall, the LGBTQ. Yeah, they were uh, getting ready to sign on bankruptcy in 2015 before they signed on to mermaids. Next year, 32 year, uh, 32% year-over-year growth with an with an org bankruptcy 32 percent year over year wait what happened there they started promoting transgenderism so you have to connect those dots right now in the gay community the shit is rising to the top all i'm trying to do i'm trying to save the gay community from getting so much hate that there are people that in the gay community that said listen what we're doing to kids is wrong Get out of schools. Religion shouldn't be there. Sexuality shouldn't be in schools. Get the fuck out. There are boundaries. The LGBTQ is a soft place to fall for adults. We have no business being around kids. None. None. This, this brings me to a question that I think is, is going to be quite simple for you to answer then. And I ask it because I have friends that are teachers. Um, and, and I hear some of the things that, that they're now being faced with and almost an inability to approach it in, in any other way than affirmation. What role should schools play? Should None. Should schools affirm? None. None. It's none of their business. Who my child wants to have sex with is none of your fucking business. What gender my child thinks that they are in is none of your fucking business. So then should schools use preferred pronouns or things no. like that? No. No. No, we should not promote something that is a delusion. When somebody starts to look and sound like the sex that they want to become, that's when those pronouns start to change and those will change naturally but if you are medically transitioning for pronouns you're doing it for the wrong reason you're doing it for the wrong reason if we start to affirm children with gender pronouns the percentage that they will medically transition skyrockets skyrockets and here's the thing i have it on my site here's the reason why you don't do that probably about 15 years ago, um, I, I drove an hour and a half back and forth to work in sales. I started listening to this uh, salesperson, and he said, long story short, basically that your brain is a computer. It only believes what you tell it. And if you start telling it where you want it to go, it can't do things like, you know, like, like health things. Basically, if you're sick and you need cancer medicine, you got to take the cancer. But other than that, if you say that you want to be the, you know, the best salesperson in this organization, if you want to do this number, like the Jim Carrey thing, I'm going to make $10 million. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And you say that to yourself, not asking, not saying I might looking in the mirror going, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be the best salesperson in the entire world. I did that for a year and a half. I sold so much. I sold through the roof 
with that kind of stuff. You can ask my partner. I mean, I used to scream in the shower, I'm the best salesperson in the world. My subconscious started to create those opportunities to make me that salesperson. And I programmed my brain to do that. When you start calling people opposite pronouns, children, vulnerable children, opposite pronouns, you are creating something within their brain that you have no business or no right to do. The reality is we are born male and female. Those that will not change. Now, you can grow up and create an illusion of the opposite sex with plastic surgery. It is not life-saving. It does help some people. But if you start programming children, at 10 years old, that if they're a girl, they're now a boy, you're programming them to believe that. And that fall from grace is not pretty. You're not doing anybody any favors. You're not loving anybody. The only thing that you're doing is you're not standing up to the unicorn farts and the glitter bombs because to do so would make you be a bigot. Well, fuck that. Be a bigot anyway. Adult anyway. Be a better person anyway. Sometimes you have to ruffle some feathers to do the right thing almost. Yep. And what you're saying there about um, the essential programming of children's brains, this is also another thing in the power of language for exactly. something like top and bottom surgery, then the usage of pronouns. Uh-huh. And then the manipulation of pronouns as well into the, I think it's up to 87 different uh, sexualities or what have you, or genders, something like oh, that. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It, it's how has this manipulation of language been of use to those who look to propel this idea of gender ideology and transitioning of children before they're able to do quadratic equations already i have a question for you i get questions all the time here's my question hopefully i can answer okay close your eyes Mm -hmm. close your eyes okay now there's no money tied to this at all this question no money nobody's going to make any money nobody's going to lose any money there is zero dollars to this whatsoever if that's the case would we be medically transitioning children? No. Okay, there you go. Now, why you're not screaming that, why you're not screaming that, why everybody else is not screaming that. But I think that's easy for people like you and I to understand. What I just told you gives you no excuse not to scream, none. I wholeheartedly agree with you, yeah. but I don't think people realize what, what you've said, what you said earlier, there's 1.3, was it? 1.3 million? 1.3 million. Yeah. It's on my uh, 10, 10 complications of uh, uh, medical transition on my site. People don't realize that because they think, and again, I think there is a, a portion of society that are, are, are pro the transitioning of children because they do think that it's helping kids. They don't realize the damage that's being done. Mm-hmm. I think it's there are people anybody. that have it with, with good intentions. They think they're being altruistic, but they just don't understand how much money is involved and that mm-hmm. pharmaceutical companies might actually like that money more than they like doing ethical things. Like you said, Lupron, uh, 800 plus million dollar fine 
374. It only gets worse. Google it. And and it's that's probably one of many fines that they've had to pay. And this is probably one of the ones that's only come out. The same with Oxycontin, the fact that they had the the studies that showed it within their own documents they knew within internal emails that this stuff is highly addictive that this stuff does have problems but that was never given to the general public mm-hmm. the general public doesn't know i'm not talking know I'm, talking know. I'm talking to you now you know i do indeed you have a six six month old child yep okay you're a dad now you have a responsibility. So does everybody else listening to this. Yep. Lupron was fined more than Oxycontin was. That's a company that's telling us that, it, that, it's, uh, that it's safe. Once you know this, you have a responsibility. Because when I, I say that parents are going to be with pitchforks, you know, fire on the end, you know, protesting, that shit is going to happen. I'm telling you, when parents start, when parents, when I, when I was sick and I finally lost it, you know, when I woke up on my own blood and urine and I prayed to God, the universe or whatever, that I would out this surgery, if I was able to get better, I thought it was just this surgery that if I could be here for my kids, I would be here for other people's kids. And that is a promise that's tied to my kids. When I started researching this, I thought it was about the surgery. Every stone that I overturned by moms and dads, you know, you know, people like Fourth Wave and, and all these all these people that have outed all these kind of things have been, you know, torn to shit for, for coming out with stuff. Transgender trend, which is there, you know, all that stuff. They ever uncovered all this. I didn't uncover anything. I, this was not me. This was parents. But once you get on there and start reading this stuff, you kind of do that and go, holy shit. And you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Once the majority of parents get to the holy shit, the shit's going to hit the fan. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. Parents are going to be pissed. They are going to be. And um, once they do start saying things, like the... Um, uh, this was news in the US uh, a couple months back. The uh, father that uh, it, it was the child who was molested James in Young. the children's in, in the school. Oh. In the school? Do you remember this one? Molested? Uh, she was molested in the school Jesus. by a uh, child who said, uh, not, not, uh, by a child who said that they were also transgendered by a male student. A male student followed the girl into the toilet and uh, sexually assaulted her. Sorry. Uh, And um, the father said, this is what's happened. He was then tackled during the the hearing or whatever and was called a bigot. He was a parent standing up for his daughter. And actually, as it turns out, the school board knew that this had happened with this specific child previously. And uh, this child had moved from another school. And they hadn't reported it. No, I'll I'll see if I can find it and send it to you later. Um, And um, this was a parent that stood up for his daughter and said, listen, this can't happen. We can't be having kids in the same bathroom like this because it it can lead to these things. He was called a bigot. And this is what I think a lot of parents are going to be afraid of in the first instance. Who cares? 
what do you what do you were you trying to get to the point that it's going to be hard it's it's going to be hard for people to come to terms i i agree i agree but i think we need to get more people to stand up right Mm -hmm. i think we can both agree do why do you think i do the scream thing why do you think i'm so animated because i'm trying to wake people up i knew this a long time ago that if you think being this vulnerable doing what i did on that documentary doing that if you think that's easy you got another thing coming it's hard it's embarrassing it's it's not fun to do but what is happening to kids will not be shaken loose by a little loose lip it's not going to be shaken loose by a part of society that's trying to make a point that i'm right how this is going to be shaken loose is by people that have passion for their children and are speaking on it because they are supposed to speak on it. When you hear what's happening to kids, and if you remain silent, that is being a bigot. That's being a bigot against children. It's being a pussy. It's you're not a parent. If you know this and you don't say anything, if you don't say anything in, in school systems, that's wrong. You you know, you get your scream shirts from me or whatever, or whatever you do, but you do something. You do something. And the only person that's going to shake that is somebody that is, has been through it and is a parent. And I've known that. And if you think that this is easy, you got another thing coming. I get hate mail from just about every place. I don't care. What we're doing to kids is wrong. Wrong very wrong i'm with you i i there's there's nothing there that i disagree with i i think everyone needs to come together and say that enough is enough mm-hmm. and it's it's not just the idea of medically transitioning kids it's also what you've said of the idea of putting pronouns and in, pronouns into children's heads sexuality, as well. Sexuality, pronouns. Putting the sexuality into children's head because it's now coming in in schools in books as well. They're, they're giving books that the newscasters aren't able to show the images in the news cycle because it would get pulled down for child pornography mm-hmm. or for, for pornography. And that is also insane because some of these kids are, are 10, 10 years old being shown these images and uh, then you've got something like Desmond is amazing a child performing drag for adults mm-hmm. uh, and this sexualization of children is alarming to say the least as it, it's something that they shouldn't be doing at all when I was 14 years old I was watching Dragon Ball Z and trying to work out how to turn into a little Super Saiyan that was it yep. there was no thought of me dressing up and doing a show for my parents friends and expecting them to put five pound notes into into my outfit or what yeah we're you. and we have to we have to we have to realize these parents that are that out front with their kids i mean really step back from that a little bit and and these parents i'm sorry like jazz jenny's parents and stuff like that especially her mother it's not about jazz i mean you can watch that show and in a minute realize that this is about her mother it's about her mother. Virtue you know, signaling. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, I think that there's so many uh, moms out there with Munchausen syndrome that we are just, we're pushing on it, you know, and, and we're validating these people instead of saying to Jazz Jenny's mom, listen, what you're doing is wrong. 
if your child feels this way, that's okay. Don't put her in the spotlight for this or him or whatever. You let him or her decide this as an adult. This is about you. This has nothing to do with your child. And everybody can see that who looks at it objectively. Unfortunately, we're not looking at things objectively because everybody's afraid of being a bigot. There, there is no child that should be lifted for being transgender. There's no child that should be lifted for being homosexual. There's no child that should be lifted for being straight. There's no child that should be lifted for being bisexual. There shouldn't be children being lifted for sexuality or gender. It's wrong. How, why, why, why is that okay? And why, why are Christian people that say that, why are they bigots? And here's my question. Why isn't my community, the gay community, flipping the fuck out? Seriously, why isn't somebody in, in the LGBTQ stand up going, we're done with the fetish flags, done. Get out of schools. You're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, and you're fucking fired, okay? Let's do what's right because it's the right thing to do regardless of who we like to fuck. Why isn't that happening? I'm, I'm disappointed with the gay and lesbian community. I'm absolutely flabbergasted, disappointed, absolutely disappointed. Disappointed to be homosexual. I'm, I'm embarrassed to be homosexual. At this point in, in society with how much it's been pushed through, how much of an impact do you think that would have? Because I feel like it's taken on a life of its own entirely, almost. If there was one person in the gay and lesbian community that was influential, that stood up, that was able to get TV stations and other people to, to stand up. If those leaders in the LGBTQ would stand up and say what I just said and have the balls to say things like, you know, JK Rowling, she's right about all of it. And here's the thing that I don't think people realize. Okay, so we have a, we have a, we have a dad in Texas that is fighting against his child being uh, medically transitioned, James Younger, right? Um, you probably know that if you don't, uh, the mom wants to transition. It's a, it's a little kid, but that's not, that's not my story. Here's the story. They lift this poor guy because he's a Christian, uh, that he is some bigot. He's a horrible dad. He's a bigot. He's a homophobic asshole. Well, a lot of people don't realize that uh, he was actually discharged from the army because he was helping organize a pride parade. Wow. What a bigot. How dare he's he? He's a bigot. Yeah. You know, he's a bigot because he's like, wait a second, this is experimental procedures on my kid. Um, I think that my ex-wife might, and I'm putting words in his mouth. I don't know if he's, I would think this. She might have little munchies. You know, this might be about her. I don't know if this is a good idea. When he's with me, he's fine with being a boy. I don't know if this is the best for him. Bigot! He got kicked out of the army for, you know, helping with the pride parade. It's insane, isn't it? Yep. Even when it you're is. trying to do the right thing, even when you're read up on it and you realize that this is uh, experimental. Mm -hmm. it, it's exactly what I just said. You're, you're, you're called a bigot and you're canceled and, and, and you're thrown to the wolves. Almost. Yeah. And I say do it anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Do it anyways. It, it, it's not easy. It, Adult better. Exactly for how for how it's been for you. 
it's it's not been easy to come out mm-hmm. and, and say these things on film and have uh, you know repeating your story multiple times multiple times it it, it can't be easy it, it won't be easy and it, it probably doesn't get any easier it doesn't but no i can't go back into business sales doing this i can't i've, I've actually given up my career for this people oh. have no no idea what it's changed your life in more than one way mm-hmm. yeah yeah what what would you say to people who would like to raise more awareness on this subject on this topic for for children this is what i say find an organization mine whatever organization get out there and be a face for it you know and do something i don't care what it is donate if you don't want to be doing that if you don't want to donate volunteer and start to talk to to different school systems you can't do that get a screaming shirt and just wear it and you know i made it so that it's it's you know so other parents can see that that have their kids oh okay there's another parent that maybe believes that this is not a good idea but do something beyond talking to people that already agree with you because that's easy to do mm. it's easy to do you know i can talk to people that agree with me on 100% and that's easy to do. That's nothing. We're talking about kids. We're talking about kids. Who cares if somebody calls you a bigot? Because here's the truth. Whether you're 30 years old, 20 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, 60 years old, doesn't matter how old you are. Everything goes back to when you're a child. You've got a six-month-old baby that's just sleeping right there. Everything that you do with that child as it's developing will be with that child when you are not here anymore. When your child is 70 or 80 years old, he will be able to remember what you did and what you didn't do. And if you do not show him right way, if you do not make decisions for him, even if they're hard, that will affect him. And guess what? It'll affect his kids, your grandkids, your great grandkids. That is a huge responsibility having a child, a huge responsibility. Do the right thing anyway. Your actions are your legacy. Exactly. People think that they're children that are legacy, but actually Mm-mm. it's the actions that shape them Mm-mm. and the world around them. My great-grandparents have had effect on my life and so on and so forth. What effect do you want to have on yours? I agree. I think that's also, uh, I know that we've uh, gone over a little bit on your time as well. I think that's a nice point for us to end with. Get out All right, there. good. And, and, and do something i Look, gotta go mold my lawn <laughs> enjoy Look, scott it's been absolutely lovely talking to you uh thank you very much for your time and right. uh, i hope to speak to you again soon all right kiss that baby you go 